What's going on, everyone, and welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. This is our 2021 Open Championship Preview Picks and Bowl Predictions Show. I am your host, Adam Bapti, and as always, I'm joined by my brothers, Craig. Hey, guys. How are we doing? It's been a while. And for the first, yeah, for the first time in a while, Kevin! Kevin's hey, here! everybody, I'm back! <laughs> What's going on, guys? I, I like how you both brought the matching shirts, you know, Kirkland yeah. Original, I believe. Kirkland signature. Uh, oh, it's, it's not just a Kirkland original. It's, it's I've a signature never had one. a shirt fit so well and just be so comfortable. If Kirkland, yeah, well, you know, wants to is thinking about looking for a golf podcast to sponsor, I think you know we'll play we're already here. We'll do there. what we need to do. We're we're two thirds of the way there already. Come on, Adam, get on board here. Hey, when you get an extra ten pounds in the mix section, those tight shirts don't fit as well anymore. <laughs> And I've been like a medium, a large. Do I have to move up to the XL? <laughs> no, I don't know. Getting nifty. Uh, guys, it's Open Championship Week. First time in a couple years now since Shane Lowry got it in 20, uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Craig, I think you did some research on the course here. Do you want to give us a quick preview of what we're going to see? Yeah, I don't, you know, I didn't want to get too into the nitty gritty. There's really good stuff you can watch on YouTube, you know, with flyovers, if you want to get the breakdown of each hole and everything, but um, just kind of the very high level, um, Royal St. George's Golf Club. It is south of London. It is in Sandwich, England. It's the first course outside of Scotland that they held the open at. Uh, That was back in 1894. Uh, only seven years after the course was built. So, uh, you know, I would say that if, if you build a golf wow. course and seven years later, the Open Championship's out there, I'd say you're doing pretty well. Yeah, no kidding. Um, 15-time hosting, fourth most behind St. Andrews, Muirfield, and Prestwick. Uh, Prestwick held, I think, maybe the first 10 straight. So that one, <laughs> that one hasn't hosted for uh, like, maybe 100 years now. No, it's okay. it's like it was. I think at, at one point it was only a twelve-hole course, and it, so it, it it's it doesn't stand up to to, to today's game. Um, but yeah, classic links course. It's actually funny. So, uh, Sandwich, which is the little town, this is just uh, just south of. Uh, it used to be in medieval times. It was the largest port in England, and that's sort of inland from where we're here. So. What I'm trying to say is this was all sand that had filled up from this river over the years. And then they built a golf course on this sand that was deposited at the bottom of this river. So it is a classic Lynx course built on the ocean side, on sand. It has the dunes. It has penal bunkers. I think the deepest bunker um, in in maybe the Open Championship Road yeah, or like in golf. The, the Himalaya, right? Or have you seen have you seen photos of it? I, I watched well, I think you're caught talking about the golf digest flyover video. That was very well done of the course. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know how high exactly it is, but it, it's it would be intimidating to be in that yeah. thing. It looks like twenty or thirty feet or something like ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, wind is the major de- defense of the golf course. Uh, topography, uh, you know, pitch fairways. You kind of it's hard. Like you think about, you look at the layout of these open championship courses on a, you know, bird's eye view, Google maps type thing. They don't look that tricky, but then when you see how these fairways actually undulate and, and all of these things that don't necessarily show up in that bird's eye view, um, it, you, you start to understand why these fairways might be hard to hit, or even you might be in the fairway, but you don't have a good shot at the pin or at the green from there because you're just in the wrong part of the fairway. Uh, so it is much more that type of golf, big greens. Uh, you could be on the wrong part of the green and be absolutely hooped. Uh, you might be better 
be better off being off the green, uh, expect it to be more played along the ground. Um, right. But the, the one really cool thing I, I, I found looking this up, so back, uh, you know, maybe within the last 10 years, they did this study on this uh the ecosystem around here. I'll try. I'll try to make this short. But essentially, <laughs> I'm fascinated. By the way, just keep. I'm so, learning so a lot right now. Essentially, they did an eco-hydrological study, which you know, as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, I got to know more. <laughs> um, but essentially, this is all part of like natural dune landscapes, and and there's three golf courses that take up the majority of this. So how can we have golf courses in this place and have it be as close to to this sort of fragile landscape as possible? And what they have found is the best management technique for their, uh, you know, their rough areas where they have longer and, and unmaintained areas. Um, they, they actually just burn it. So they, I don't know if it's every year or not, uh, but they do like they burn the grass and it, uh, I think they said a six weeks, it, it looks like it's, you know, been burnt. And then wow. it just grows into like the most beautiful dune meadow scape that you can think of, uh, which really hit home for me as I'm sitting here amongst the forest fires uh, in yeah. BC, Canada. So uh, yeah, no, just something cool. It's cool to see people thinking outside the box and coming up with ways to make golf work with nature. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of talk here about prescribed burns as well. So you mm -hmm. know, maybe they're onto something there. Yeah. Greg, you can take the man of the, you know, the history, but you can't take the history of the man. <laughs> I, I, I well, <laughs> the one that I didn't quite get to is very close to where Julius Caesar actually landed in uh, about oh. 50 BC when he went to invade Britain for the first time. Interesting. I, you, I'm so not the history buff of the three of us. I am far and away from you guys. I had no idea Julius Caesar made it this far. I didn't even know he. Wow. Yeah, it was it was pretty exceptional. I could get into that, but that's a podcast unto itself. <laughs> yeah, we'll let you know when that one drops. <laughs> um, yeah, the the flyover was uh, amazing. Uh, a lot of like Ian Fleming connection. I think he was a member here for a while, so mm -hmm. there's a lot of like James Bond references. I think it's in some movies as well. Um, it, it, the course looks. I mean, it, we've ha we've had it for a couple major championships, even in recent history. So. Um, it's kind of well known in the circuit, but I guess the question I want to throw to you guys, and we could talk more about the course, but you know, looking at the course, we haven't seen open championship, a true open championship in a while. Um, and the golf landscape has changed a ton in terms of who's at the top of the official world golf ranking and all that. So with all that, what kind of player or what are you looking for in players this week? You know, are you looking for distance, good putters, uh, experience on links courses? Like what are you looking for? Take her away, Kev. Yeah. Uh, well, as I was telling you guys before we started recording here, I this this one I don't have a great feel for. I do, I don't really know which way to go on this. I'm sort of leaning towards just gamers, you know, mm -hmm. guys that I think are going to show up. <laughs> I think that that I think kind of that's the beauty of open golf is that it does it does kind of eliminate sort of the the track man, you know, seven iron goes. 100 you know 190 yards at Completely this trajectory great. high apex guys you know i know adam likes his low apex guys and it's for this tournament <laughs> um, yeah but but just kind of guys that can that, that can show up and and rise to the occasion i think the it, it's always been um a, a diverse a diverse group of golfers that have won the open with with you know varying skills and uh strengths and I'm kind of 
hoping we see something like that. I'm I'm super excited for this open. It feels it feels like it's been two years since we got to watch one. Yeah, yeah. I I totally agree with you, Kev. And I was trying to think of how to describe it, but what I was thinking was I want guys who are going to play golf, not guys who are going to hit golf shots, if that makes mm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking for, for the artists, not the technicians. You want people yeah. who, you know, they're, and, you know, we'll, uh, I feel like a, a few of them will be bringing up as we get through our, our picks and sleepers and whatnot. But you really, you really want those people who they're going to kind of try to come up with a way to figure out how's the best way for me to get into that hole in as few strokes as possible. Not, okay, I want to land it exactly right there um and then you know that goes a little bit haywire and now you've put yourself in the wrong spot and that's a you know it's a bad miss to to have missed where you do um but yeah so i i want i want the artists not the technicians this week yeah I yeah I, I mean I, I was telling uh craig and kevin i don't know if you've watched any of these but the open are they the open chronicles they're called uh that the open puts out about like their their champ past champions you, you know kind of leading up to their opens and what made them the open championship and then kind of talking about their their championship experience and I was watching Shane Lowry's the other day you know they're kind of like 25 30 minute mini documentaries and yeah there's this one time I think is in round three or four and he's in the tall fescue and his caddy's like yeah I mean like we kind of have like a half pipe here like just run a, a seven iron up like along the left side and it'll bank towards the pin like just just hit it here like just hit your seven he's like no, it's an eight iron. I got to go with my eight iron degrees. Just hit the seven iron along the, like hit it seven iron there. And it like, <laughs> it like roll for 50 yards and then ended up within like eight feet. And like was a statement hole for him to, you know, carry on towards his win. So that's exactly what you got to do. It is. It's definitely. I, and I love that. I love it. Yeah. Like Craig uh, says, that's playing golf. Not, that not is. necessarily hitting golf shots. Which is uh, funny. Cause I was trying to, you know, I was looking back through like previous open champions and, uh, you know, the, obviously a guy who always stands out on a lot of uh, any sort of tournament champions list is Tiger Woods. And he's the one who, you know, I was like, I mean, he, he was a technician, but he also was an artist. You know, he, like he had both of those. He, he, he played golf, but at the same time, he was the best one hitting golf shots. So he, he's, you know, he's the exception. You know, I think I've seen both Tiger and Rory admit that early in their careers, they found the U.S. golf easier because, you know, they were so kind of locked into the numbers and, and amazing with their approaches and drives. And but, potentially the best at doing that. Totally. And, but they both had to learn how to play. It's funny for Rory. Rory admitted this on like his kind of show on his mini dog. Like he had to learn how to like win this. Like at first he came over and he was like really sour about it and sour about the the draws that he would get for the wind and then it's not fair, you know, for, for both sides of the draw. And eventually you just kind of have to accept it. And, and meanwhile, play. he, meanwhile, he had a 61 at Royal port rush when he was 16 years old. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. So that's actually another interesting point about this course is that people have complained that it's, it doesn't, it's not necessarily the fairest course because of the undulating fairways. You can have a ball kick off into the fescue, yeah. kick off into a bunker um but that all adds to that aspect of the game patience the mental game Mm -hmm. you know there's there's last champion here at an open was darren clark a savvy veteran you Mm -hmm. know there's there's something to be said for that part of it as well so um yeah i mean with the course the two things i saw today i mean we're recording this on tuesday 
uh, Ian Poulter and Brooks Kepka. Brooks mentioned that, you know, there's a lot of kind of blind shots out there. And then Ian Poulter posted a video on his Twitter, Instagram, I think, uh, basically of one of his approach shots, shots. And he had a mound in front of him. Couldn't see anything past the mound. But then past the mound, you have just blue sky or gray sky. So you can't pick, you know, that TV tower or that tree or this. Like, it's just take wide out, take open. Take out your compass. And- <laughs> yeah, it's the same color. You kind of have to, he's like, yeah, you pick like a blade of grass or divot on the mound and then kind of aim for that and hope it's the yeah. right spot. But, and that's where, you know, one of the things we haven't talked about, and I don't know if we'll get into it, but the caddy relationship, you were talking about that with, with Darren Clark. That is is su- super key because getting them, you know, getting the cues and, and and getting them on the proper line for what the player does want to execute and all that kind of stuff can be can be that much harder to do. Yeah. Uh, quickly, a couple things I'm looking for in players: uh, balanced, no real weaknesses because I think you'll get exposed. You know, if it's on approach, if it's around the green, if it's on the greens, it'll kind of get it exposed, and probably leaning a little bit more kind of Kevin, as you touched on, on the veterans, you know, I don't know. You got to have some experience, I think. Over Although, uh, you know, a couple guys that um, played at this course in 2011 uh, with fairly good results, a couple of young Americans, Ricky Fowler in his second open was fifth. Uh, Very young Ricky Fowler. Dustin Johnson in his third open was second. So, you know, the vets, I mean, maybe that's why they didn't win, but um. I think distance is, well, distance is always a weapon, but I think Mm. it's been proven to be a little bit of a weapon here as well. Okay. That's kind of our course. Should we get into some picks guys? I was going to say, are we there? Are we there? I think we are. First off picks to win. I got to go first and one and done. So I'm going to go, I'm going to throw it to someone else first here. Craig, let me throw it to you. Your pick to win. Well, I I feel like. Can you throw it to Kevin first? No, you know what? I'd I'd like to. Can we switch this up a little bit? Can we go one and done first? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I am leading the one and done. I had Harrison. We we haven't had a steady ring of shows here, so I got Harris English at the Travelers. Got a nice, cool one point three million dollar check there. Bumped me above Craig. Um, so I'm sitting at 6.8 million. Craig's at 6.6, and Kevin is clipping out her heels way back at 4.9. But I think a means- fan came out into the road, and hit, Kevin hit the fan and fell over, and we we've taken <laughs> off into the sunset. But that does mean Kevin has the advantage of going last, of picking last. Yeah. So that means I'm first. My one and done is. Brooks Kepka. Yeah. So my options, I think I, as looking over my list, we started this at the Safeway. We didn't start this in 2021. We started with the PGA tour season. Uh, so we've gone through about four close to 40 guys at this point. I had Brooks. I had JT. I have Louis Ustason and I went with Brooks. Uh, it's oh. the last Louis. Oh, I yeah, wish I had Louis him. still. I got to use Brooks at a major. This is my last major I can use him at. I'm using Brooks here. So first off, let's rewind all the way back to 2012. Brooks does something that most young American golfers don't do. You know what he does? I'm not going to go for Corn Ferry. I'm not going to go Webb. He goes over the Challenge Tour. He's going to go, you know, kind of earn his stripes on the Challenge Tour, the European Tour. So what is he doing? He... he he starts off, he gets a win in Spain. Eight events later, boom, another win. He wins in Italy. Three events after that, 
boom, another win. Let's go over to Scotland. Three events later, boom, another win. He so just is this on the Challenge Tour or the European Tour? Challenge Tour between 2012 and 2013. Four wins in 14 events. He kind of like, he got his European experience there. Yeah, only one was in Scotland uh, on the in the UK. But yeah, I don't like... It's still remarkable that that's the route he took. It, it seems like a very strange... It's not a very common route to take for a young American golfer, I think. Um, I don't have any other stats. It's Brooks Kepka. The, it's the one, the one thing that I would just add on to that, you know, as a, a... Let's remember how good some other golfers are because you're talking about Brooks getting wins on the Challenge Tour. Brooks is only a year younger than Rory the same time we're talking about Rory being disappointed because he hasn't like won you know he, he's he's been competing in majors for about five years at that point so I I totally get it I I, I get the Brooks pick but um was that just a random Rory plug there well no it's just you know we're, we're <laughs> talking you about a guy who's Rory into a <laughs> well no because like Adam you know Adam's gonna get to a few other guys who like they were doing very special things when they were young and so we're right. to, brooks had been through university brooks on the challenge like if we put colin morikawa or victor hovland on the challenge tour out of university they're going to be getting wins so like i i hear what you're saying adam i to me the four major wins he has or however many major wins brooks has <laughs> it, it, I, I care about that a lot more on his resume than i do his challenge tour wins seven years just, you know everyone okay everyone knows he has a four major wins six open championship uh events he's played in three top tens you know yeah. like three i, I the can last give you four, these stats I believe sorry three of the last four i believe three of, three the, of the last his last four starts because he, he didn't the, play in one three of the of his last four um yeah like they're the, I don't need to give you stats. I just wanted to give you a little my own history lesson. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> of, of Brooks, I'm just uh, saying yeah. for a player of Brooks' caliber, um, yes, he should have mopped up the challenge tour at that <laughs> at that point. Yeah, but <laughs> I will say midday today. You know, this is Tuesday night. Um, I I was considering JT for a long time, but ultimately it's Brooks. It's the last major I can use him. I'm using Brooks. Go get me at least a top five, Brooks. That's what you do in majors. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. So, And I realize now why Kevin wanted to do this, because I think his, his one and done and pick to win is going to be the same. And he was saying before that he is in the advantageous position of being able to see who we pick. And so I, I, I understand why we're doing one and done first here. Um, and on that note, I'm going with world number one. Um, Number one on your on your ranking list. Number maybe not so high on your uh, odds to win. Uh, Dustin Johnson. Wow. You know, back in in 2010, uh, he won the AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am, and then and then he won the BMW Championship. Yeah, <laughs> give it to me. And then the Pebble Beach again. <laughs> and then yeah, he, you know he, he continued to do things for the last ten years since then. Uh, no, I mean, so so DJ. I mean, I missed, I missed peak DJ. You know, we've been going September through, um, it will be finishing up in August here. I, I would like to have played DJ in better form than he is in now. I contemplated saving him for, you know, the FedEx playoffs. But I, I think, you know, he's got three tournaments in a row that have been good but not great. I think we have kind of seen him kick it back into a bit of a, a gear here, hopefully. Um, the ball striking seems good but not great. I think DJ is one of these guys. I mean, we've seen him do it before where he can go from not playing good golf to coming out and winning. Uh, 
I'm, I'm hoping that's the case. I, I'm not very, like, it's a one-and-done play. I Honestly, I don't know if he's going to make DFS lineups for me. I don't know if he I would play him oh. in any other things. Um, but I, I feel like DJ's always got a puncher's chance. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Craig, absolutely. I don't know if this um, makes you feel better or worse, but I have made some DFS lineups, and he's in, he's in, a, he's in a couple. I thought you were going to say DJ withdrew from the tournament. But like, that makes me feel worse. <laughs> uh, apparently, where he's saying has a lot of stairs. So, <laughs> ooh. And they're probably narrow. They're probably, oh, are they like the old, tricky curved ones? Yeah. <laughs> so, not only bonk his head, but then fall down. Oh. Don't like to hear that. Yeah, okay, I, well, I, I like it. Um, as you kind of mentioned at the top of the show, he's got that, that good history here in 2011, right? Almost yeah. one in 2011. Yeah, kind of, I think, shot himself in the foot a little bit. Um, yeah. Double bogey on the back nine on Sunday. Yeah. Well, All right, Kevin. I'm not going to lie here. I'm going to I'm gonna have to call an audible. I, I, see, I see the safety sneaking down on Moss's side, and we're going to have to go <laughs> over the top. So I, had, uh, I have a few Brooks stats if anybody wants them, but I'm going to shelve those. Um, were they from his challenge tour? <laughs> <laughs> they were not actually. They're more like his his like recent dominance in major. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, since I need to make up ground in this thing, over the last ten minutes, I've really soured on Brooks. <laughs> um, I am going to choose for my one and done, Mister Louis Oosthuizen. Ooh, I like it. Wow. I mean, what can you say about Louie, really, with with very little research? <laughs> <laughs> well, I could no, tell you. I mean, Louie Louis is, he's, he's become like a top 10 regular in majors over the past couple of years. Um, he, I was going back and forth. As I was telling you guys before the show, I was flip-flopping a fair amount leading into our picks because I, I need to make one of these hit. Mm-hmm. Um and Louis was one of the guys I was flipping back and forth with. Um, the th- the thing about him and Brooks are they're both major guys. Like you want them in yeah. majors. The, mm-hmm. the rest of the time, who really has them on their radar? Nobody. But in majors, they show up. So, um, since Adam chose Brooks, I'm going Louis. <laughs> I think I think it's a good a good Do translation. I, I feel like honestly, if I still had Louis, I probably would have taken Louis and, and tried to see if DJ was in better form a little bit later on. So just who Craig, who else is on your short list? Who else do you have available? Man, I've I'm run so I've got JT. <laughs> DJ and JT was really my or I was thinking about uh, like, you know, I I made a list of my top guys left. We're talking about like Charlie Hoffman, Sam Burns, <laughs> uh, Shane Lowry. I thought I thought for a beat about yeah, Shane yeah. Lowry. Okay. Yeah. Um but yeah, it, it falls off pretty quick. I've lose I've used my second and third and maybe fourth tier of players up, so well, Kevin, I, I'm sorry to, you know, kind of put the Brooks block on you there a little bit, but... Oh, no, I I'm, I'm feel like you saved me there, actually. <laughs> I, I, okay, whatever you want to convince yourself of. <laughs> yeah, if Louis can get you back into this, you know what? I don't think any of us would be mad. We would all love to see it. Oh, if Louis won, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would be mad at all. <laughs> we would all love it. All of us. But... This kind of feels like with Brooks, with DJ, with Louie, that we're almost kind of chasing their best results, you know? Well, that was, that was kind of what leaned me away from Louie in the first place. Yeah. yeah. But 
I'm gonna I'm gonna trust that it's it's not over. Yeah. Okay. Picks to win. So, Should we? Yeah. So like I said, so we've gone through forty some guys here. So that's not our picks to win. That's our one and done. You know, we're scratching and crawl. What am, what's the we're saying? Clawing. Scratch. We're scratching. Clawing. Yeah. Not crawling. Um, <laughs> You're thinking of your child who's crawling and scratching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Picks to win. Craig, do you want to kick us off there? Yeah, although, like, honestly, I, I kind of picked this guy because I figured everyone was going to be on Rom, but um, no one seems to be jumping on. I, to me, I, I feel like Rom is a bit of a no-brainer the way he is playing right now. So I, I would potentially have him, but I, I just think Xander Schauffele, she's being slept on. To me, he's probably the number two for me in this field. Um, it, and so that's kind of why I have him as a pick because I, I think I am higher on him coming into this week than than most are. Whereas I think everyone sort of thinks you know he's he's a clear favorite basically on every betting site. But to me, Xander Shoffley, he's coming in with good form. Uh, he's a you know he he performs in majors. I went in, uh, in depth. Uh, he was a you know he's my DFS top got top pick for me. Um, yeah. So I went a little bit more in depth. His ball striking form is really good the last few weeks. He does have a good open championship record. He has a good major championship record. I think he can win anywhere. I think he has all the tools. He, you know, he he gains in all aspects of the game. Uh, really, it's just been a matter of, of not being able to close the deal a few times in majors where he has been in contention. But uh, I think he's going to continue to give himself shots, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is the week. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Craig. It's a, it's a weird pick to win because... Yeah, I don't know. Is he kind of like the 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 best right now that doesn't have that major win um in the game? Is he I think he's so. still he's still young. Well, yeah, he's your number 2 guy besides Rom and Rom got his. So. Well, but like <laughs> who would even be without a major? Who else would even be close up there? Uh I mean, I don't know. Hovland, I, Cantley. Hovland, yeah, yeah. Hatton exactly. Is next on the odds. Yeah. Um I like it, uh, but yeah, yeah. I I also kind of wonder, Craig. We talked a little bit about you know like the uh, UK guys over here. I mean, there was a lot of pressure, I think, on Xander, both like you know internally and externally for Tory Pines. Maybe he's a little bit looser here and can kind of just kind of clean it up and get his win here. I don't know. Yeah, I also, and maybe I'm I'm forcing a bit of a narrative, but I think. Xander is so good and I think he's so composed. I think every time he has put himself in contention at majors, I think he has learned from it. And you know, you know, going through the Masters experience, I think he he learned a little bit more about himself and about a little bit more about that feeling and and about that one specifically, you know, like when he hit it in the water on on 16 at Augusta when he had a chance to win the thing, he said that he was happy with like they went through their process he was happy exactly with what they did they just read the wind wrong and and like that can be the difference between winning it and not and we like to put these narratives on that like oh the guy can't close majors or something or whatever it is but i i think people are are starting to talk that way about xander because he puts himself in contention a lot and i think that's just absolutely the wrong way to look at it he's knocking on the door he's gonna knock it down all the guys who have won a lot of majors have also finished in the top five a lot in me they contend a lot in majors they you know, contend like a lot and that's just the way you got to be in contention to win and yeah. you're not going to win every time you're in contention yeah the the one thing i kind of wonder as you're kind of saying that as they read 
the wind wrong there, Craig, as you mentioned that, it just kind of like flags something in my mind, you know, um, we're not close to anyone. We have no insider info and we're talking from the grandstands. Xander's dad was just texting me earlier. (laughs) As they say, do you like, do you wonder if he had, you know, a more veteran, like he has his buddy on his bag, right? Uh, A good friend, I think from, from college, Uh, if he had a veteran kind of caddy with, with, no, because I, I, so I, you know? I, I think from what I heard, what, from what he said, it was, I think it might have been Freddie, actually. Um, it, it was an insight that had been given to him in practice round from veteran yes. players yeah. that he yeah. applied. Yeah. And so I don't think, I don't think a veteran caddy would have changed that specific one. But I, 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 I more generally, I, I, I think that actually the, the psychological advantage of a, friend or something like that someone like that on the bag can be a boost it depends on the personality of the player a lot as well yeah mm-hmm. um but for for a lot of these guys it can keep you loose it can totally. keep you from overthinking so i think it depends on whether you're the type of person that yeah. is going to be distracted by that or that's going to distract you from being your own yeah. worst enemy yeah right just, just kind of a random thought I, I i do tend to agree with you but you wonder in some kind of very specific instances mm-hmm. if, if things would be a little bit different kevin over to you pick to win is it big bad brooks here or what <laughs> well no of course not <laughs> i've uh i've decided that i don't really like what brooks is how he's playing the game to this week um i think that i think that john rom is going to go back to back i think he's going to win his second major in a row um I was very tempted to go with Xander as well because I agree that I think he had the weight of the world on him at Tory, um, and I think he played incredibly well considering that. But um, and I, I do think it's gonna he's he's gonna play looser here. But at the end of the day, I just think Rom has like every shot in the bag, and he's a gamer, and I think he's just gonna have enough to get it done if Louis doesn't nip him at the end. I mean, I, I like it. I, I think John Rahm is playing far and away the best golf in the world. Um, yeah, if I if I had to pick anyone to, you know, if I was going to gonna lay win. lay money on any, <laughs> oh, that's what this is about, right? <laughs> so he he was seventh last week, and he lost a half stroke round putting, and he lost world number one. Yeah, which was like, a little bit weird. It's, I think so it was just bizarre. an averaging thing. It's so weird that he got seventh. DJ didn't play last week, right? Yeah. And DJ got back to world number one. So I, I got a couple a couple things for you. Rom, since the start of September, so this season, he has yeah. a single tournament where he has been negative strokes gained through the whole tournament. He Since the Players' Championship, he has a single round since he, that he has been negative strokes gained. It was in the, the first round of the Wells Fargo, the one where he almost tried to rally to make the right. cut the next day. Um, so, I mean, he, he's just been absolutely so wow. rock solid. His uh, floor is so high. It's yeah. so high. Yeah. That's incredible. One negative round? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, he's good. Oh, so here's, an, here's another one. So CJ Cup in the fall, he has four negative rounds since then like it's crazy how rarely this guy goes out and puts up a stinker um and most of the time it's you know it's not like he's gaining a little bit he's averaging basically two and a half strokes around for the season 
And you talk you talk about a guy who's kind of got the pressure off. Mm-hmm. Rom just yeah. won his first major with all you know that had to be weighing on him a little bit. Now he's he's got the U.S. Open. Why not knock off a few of these things? Yeah, yeah, completely agree. But Adam, I don't completely agree because my <laughs> victory win is Mister Jordan Spieth. I just think you know a lot of people through you know kind of what are we July. Um, up until May, June of this year, we're, we're saying Jordan Spieth was playing the best of the year. Up until Rom, you know, might have won the U.S. Open and then everyone switched to Rom. But Jordan Spieth is playing unreal right now. The last five months, over the last five months, so his last 13 events, his win, he has six top fives. So almost half the time he's getting top fives. He has 11 top 20s, 11 top 20s in 13 events and no miscuts. Just an unreal stretch of golf. He's also seven of seven for made cuts at Open Championship. Well, I talked about him on our DFS show, so I don't have to go too much. Three top tens, all 44th or better, and he's got that win in 2017. You go get that, he said, as he made the, as he made his bogey that rallied him into one of the best four hole stretches of his career. The bogey Any, from the driving range or practice area. Any concerns? Um... 18th, 19th, his last two times out. No concerns. Yeah. No. I, you know, we were talking about uh, gamers and guys that are going to, yeah, are going to go golf and not just, yeah. Well, no, I think we, yeah, the artist. Anyway. Yeah. And we were, when, when I was looking for someone to fade, looking at those top, top few guys in the odds there, I, I, for a half beat stopped on speed because you just think, oh, this guy's he's sporadic, he's all over the place. And I was like, and then he makes birdies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he gets out of it every single time because he makes all the shots. Um, so yeah, I I can't hate on that pick. It's he, he's always got a puncher's chance. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly it. Yeah, and to to me, um, you know, I, I say any concerns. Uh, really, it's more just like trying to poke holes in why it doesn't make sense you know like i i think it makes a lot of sense to me it sort of depends on the trajectory right from the start of the tournament like if i feel like if he starts well and is you know on that front page or so of the leaderboard uh end of end of day one end of day two kind of thing I think he is super dangerous because he's, I mean, he's totally unfazed by it. He's going to, he's not going to put himself in, I, th- I think, in too much trouble. It's going to be more like if he, if he kind of makes a mess of things early uh, and, and then even still, I kind of feel like he's going to grind his way upwards up the leaderboard, but it's, it's really that that's the way I, I could see it not happening for him is if he, he doesn't kind of have a good first couple of days and gets on the wrong side of it or something. Yeah, I agree. I'm just buying it. This yeah, all this, no, I, this, I, I, this year with the win, it's all leading to you know stamping that comeback at the open. Okay, guys, sleepers. So what are we talking here? 60, 60 to one or or kind of longer odds? Is that where we're coming? Well, I think you have the shortest at seventy. So wow, do you want me to kick it off then? <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah, you might as well. Barely I'm going with Ricky Fowler, seventy to one. I got him. Uh, uh, I know. Talk about, Ricky, talk about guys we'd love to see win. Man, that'd be nice. I feel like I, I don't. 
I, I a lot of the golf community I think is behind that, but a lot of people I think are still kind of uh, saying he's not there. You know, he 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 never really was there. He was kind of all uh, a mirage, kind of like it was. Nah, I, I, I that's a bad take. I think if people are making it, I agree. So his form has turned around. He has two top 11s in his last four events. They're coming in heavy, strong fields, PGA Championship and Memorial. He has the link experience. He actually plays over here very, very well. He's made nine of 10 cuts at the Open Championship, five top 25s, three top sixes. He was fifth here, as Craig said, in 2011 as a young lad. I'll use the English <laughs> English slang for that one. I thought you were only allowed to use that for the, like the Tommy Fleetwoods and the, and the, the Matthew. You know, the, the when you play so well over here. When you play oh, so well, okay. you're a lad. Yeah. He's an honorary lad. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, won the 2015 Scottish Open. He's great around the greens, uh, but his putting and his hitting uh, have come around, or it, kind of his ball striking has come around as late, mostly his approach. Uh, he's got those new glasses, seems to be working out for him, but, you know, the ball is going in the hole right now, and I think that's really what needed to happen for Ricky Fowler. And then a little bit like Spieth, a little bit like... You know, like the Steph Curry, like once you see the ball go in, it just goes in in bunches, you know, and that's what I think Ricky Fowler is. I think he's kind of hanging out there. People don't know if he's on the on the comeback trail. Um, I love him as a sleeper this week. I really do. I like it. I like it. I've, yeah, so, I've had my so eye on him lately a little bit, just hoping that he has turned that corner. I put mm-hmm. some bets. Obviously, they haven't paid off yet because he hasn't <laughs> popped, but uh, <laughs> I, I like it. I do. Yeah, so... Um, Agreed. I, I would say I'm cautiously optimistic on Fowler. I, I would say that's sort of where we all are at. But the thing, when when he gets back, like for people who are trying to discount where he was as a golfer before that, I think I had mentioned this one a few weeks or, or months ago on uh, on one of our DFS previews. But so aside from this 2021 season, he had 10 straight seasons where he was over a full stroke gain total. And in those 10 seasons, he gained in every single category every single year, except in 2012, he lost 0.1 putting. You know, so, so he, like every aspect of the game, he played at an above PGA Tour average level for 10 straight years. And you add that all up and you are, you know, your, your strokes gain total look pretty darn good um, when you can do that. So I, I think Ricky Fowler is, he, yes, he has fallen off. I think he's putting the pieces back together. He's got that new prescription. I, I think it's only a matter of time before it all clicks. The funny thing about that is I, I completely agree, but it's interesting because, you know, he doesn't have something where ne- he's necessarily incredibly dominant you know he doesn't have the you know their approach play like jt or Morikawa or the off the tee like rory and bryce at, at a DJ. point he was a dominant putter i would say but but his best yeah. his best across that area was 0. 0.89 in 2017 i'm looking at data golf i think you're in the same one mm-hmm. here so his seasons his pga seasons because it's the wraparound might be different but 0. 0.89 is no it, they do qu- that is um like that's october through <clears throat> september oh it is yeah. um but but yeah, even so still it, 0. 0.89 is elite putting it is, yeah. It's just yeah, yeah. It, being an elite driver of the golf ball typically works out better for you over the course of a season than being an elite putter. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, let's see, let's see what happens, Ricky. Let's, let's get some magic. Okay, I think, I think the next so, should we shortest go, thoughts. Yeah, I was going to say shortest to longest here, maybe. That's you, Craig. 
So I am going with Abe Answer. Uh, I feel like, you know, where does he fit in on this whole artist technician? I don't, I don't quite know on that one, but I, here's what I do know. I think Abraham Answer, I'm seeing him at 75 to 1 here. I think he's being a little bit underrated, a little bit slept on. Uh, he did have two bad events back to back, the Porsche European Open and the US Open. Quite honestly, I don't know why he traveled. He, he went from the, the Charles Schwab over to, was that in Denmark or, or I forget where that Porsche European Open was. Hopefully he uh, got a car out of it. Hopefully, yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, but then, and then traveled, so one week to the next week and then the US Open was his next event, which he did poorly at. Came back with a fourth place at the Travelers Championship. But aside from those two events, February 28th, he was on a crazy streak since then. He had, mm -hmm. you know, top 30s in 10 straight events before missing the cut at the, at the Porsche European Open. A, a top five at the Valspar, a second place at Wells Fargo. I, I, top 10 at the PGA Championship. I just think that we're, we're kind of, these odds to me are a little bit throwing out a couple months of good play because of a, a couple of not the best tournaments and so i i just think that abe answer at 75 to 1 to me i, I love that upside i love the love the I, I like him better than all of the people he is he is sort of priced around interesting interesting yeah yeah i don't i really don't know what to make of abe answer you, you know i i completely agree with you know that stretch of golf was incredible the the european stop was questionable the, the, I'm just kind of looking it up here. His major record is actually better than I thought. You know, well, and this is where it's tough because you know, am, am I picking a sleeper that I feel like is going to over, uh, you know, produce more than kind of where they are, or am I, I don't like him necessarily as someone who's going to win. But if you're so looking more at, DFS at like a top than, five oh, right. or a top ten, yeah. But like if you were if you were even playing in a, a betting market, I would like. Maybe the top five or top tens or those type of things more than I would like the the win odds on him. Yeah. Kevin? Well, I'm going to go with Garrick Higo at 90 to 1 because... Ooh, here we go. Why not? Because he you is know? someone that could win. <laughs> because he is exactly. That's exactly it. I was I was kind of processing that as you said i was like well my guy i'm not necessarily sure he's gonna make the cut but if he does <laughs> he might win it um yeah i mean we all adam's been talking about garrick higo all year um so long time listeners of the pod know that uh yeah garrick higo has popped um he got his first pga tour win since he's missed three cuts in his last four events which isn't awesome um but you know a lot of history on the european tour um and i just you know leading you know over his last what eight tournaments he's won three of them so <laughs> yeah he's a guy that can win and why not he's young he doesn't know any better <laughs> why not just go out there and win it he also like he's got the scorching putter where when it gets hot it can he can just start to make everything. Yeah. And it, you know like like your pick Craig with a answer even yours Adam with Ricky not the longest hitters 
Garrett Cagle's not known to be super long, but these are guys. The Open is a is a championship that typically, while length is a benefit, it's not the be all end all. And guys that can make shots, they can win. So, you know, I'm not sure with his lack of experience that he's going to be able to avoid all the the bunkers and the pitfalls yeah. of Open Championship golf. But if he does manage to, you know have a good have a good caddy in his ear and and hit smart shots and then rely on his scorching hot short game then yeah. who knows he could find himself up there and he he might just do it yeah I, i'm going to i'm going to say i am not on hinko this week um <laughs> i am i very much like his long term form and i think he's a winner which you know a lot of these guys are just really good golfers and they're going to collect their top tens, their top fives. Their paychecks. <laughs> Higo is a winner, but Helmetto, he kind of just kind of fell into that win a he little bit. Into like, that. Pressure's off. Might as well just back into your first major. <laughs> Canary and Grand Canaria, you know, were kind of on the island there and low scoring affairs. I don't, I need to see Higo get a little bit tested here a little bit. Uh, I love, I love him long term, but I don't, I don't know if he can back into here necessarily <laughs> yeah but you know what anytime 100 plus pga tour players tee it up and you end up with the lowest score through four days i i, I mean i i get the whole back sure. into a win it is different than someone going out there and and sort of winning it in a, in a very spectacular fashion but still you you know you put yourself in the position where you were the one who took the least shots over those four rounds yeah okay yeah, well I'll, I'll tell you what i i had chosen Higo, but a guy I was going back and forth with between him and Higo was Adam Scott. So, but I mean, I picked Adam Scott as my sleeper for the PGA Championship, I think, and like, or maybe it was the US Open, I don't know, and for sure like, I don't Adam Scott could win, and for sure he could finish, <laughs> like, he's probably safely going to make the cut and finish in the top 20, but like, let's go with Higo, let's roll the dice, yeah. you know? Uh, roll so, the dice, I like it. <laughs> why I not? Like it. <laughs> Well, it's open championship. We're at 45-ish minutes here. I think we're going to be running a little bit longer here than an hour, but we've got Fade, Top Canadian, Bull Prediction, some Rapid Fire, and Barbasol still coming up. But let's go into Fades, guys. <laughs> Craig, I can I lead it you, off? No, oh, like yeah, sure. Go, Kevin. Go. I'm going to fade Brooks Kapka. I think what? that Brooks is due for... Uh, <laughs> he's Man, you know, not only stealing my one and done, he's stealing your... Oh, were you fading him too, Craig? Yeah, I, was, I have Brooks as my fade. <laughs> oh, I, I can't believe Adam took him in the one and done. <laughs> well, Craig, if you'd like to take it from here, go ahead. But I'd just like to go on record that Brooks is now officially my fade. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't have a whole lot on Brooks to say. I, to me, so here's where stats can be misleading. People can win challenge tour events and then go on to not win <laughs> open championships. Um, no, so Brooks has six open championship uh, starts. Yes. Four times it's been his worst major of the year. So <laughs> I just wanted to put that one out there. So, you know, when you're like, is he overachieving when he gets uh, fourth at the British Open? Or is that it an is underachieving because his stat. other majors that year were first, second, second, you know? So it, it's really tough. It's really tough to put it all together. Um, 
I do like. I think that Brooks is exceptional in majors. I think that Brooks is all the more exceptional in the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship. I think that's where Brooks is at his absolute best. I think that he plays those setups better than anyone. I, I think he plays well in in Open Champion uh, Open Championships and in the masters as well but to me the like the real place that he has stamped himself as you know this kind of exceptional major performer has been at, at u.s opens and pga championships long courses long, long rough very very difficult courses I, he has done well at at open championships he's got i think three top tens but i mean it's just different that when you're talking about, okay, he's won the other ones twice. And like you're not even talking about top tens at those other ones. You're talking about how many wins, how many t trophies he has on his shelf. So Brooks being the second favorite I'm seeing in a lot of places, that's where I'm, I'm, I'm sort of fading it a bit. I, I, so, I, I would maybe have him fifth-ish in terms of a favorite, uh, but uh, I, I'm pumping the brakes on Brooks. I think a lot of people are going to be on Brooks, so I'm going to get off Brooks. So the, the thing that worries me about Brooks is the course isn't playing particularly hard and fast right now. And I think the way Brooks strikes the ball, his ball striking is exceptional, which has led him to, and his, his putting in majors is just stone cold, like ice in his veins, makes everything. Um, and I think with it, it's it's been, apparently they've had quite a bit of rain um, over the last couple months, and yep. it's playing a little bit softer, um, which I think favors him. I think if he can just plug it out there into the fairways and the greens, that that plays to his advantage. So scares me a little bit, but still a fade. Okay, quick question: Do you guys think? <laughs> do, you, do you guys think Brooks is going to get the uh, like? A, what's career, the word? Of, grand Slam. Yes, thank you. I, I would know. say. He to me right now he is the third most likely to of the, of yeah, the that, active players who don't. So I would question. say Rory, Rory, Rory and Spieth I think are more likely to uh, just because I don't see him. I, I, the ones he has already are the ones that are the easiest for him to go out and win again. I think whereas I mean Rory should win at the Masters. It's just is it going to happen or not? And then what is Spieth the PGA? I, I just feel like. Spieth kind of has a puncher's chance at any major. That's a super harsh on Phil, too. Like, harsh burn on Phil. <laughs> um, so uh, I would say I don't think Brooks will, but it, I don't think he will, but I still think he's probably the third most likely of, of players right now. Um, first of all, I'm shocked that Craig didn't put Hovland ahead of Brooks. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Bump him down and Xander. And Xander. <laughs> and Xander. Actually, right. Braun might be third, to be, sure, to be honest. Okay. I'll say that I don't think he is, but if he wins this week, then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so I he's not going to win this week. Like, I think he's more likely to win the Masters than the Open. He's going yeah, to win the 2022 Open at St. Andrews. You can you can pencil that one in whenever you want. Or are you or just like all pen. aboard the Brooks bandwagon now, or what? Yeah, this is weird. This is a weird look for me. This isn't usually who I am. He's gonna win in twenty twenty two in St Andrews, and then he'll just, he'll pick up a Masters in sometime in the next ten years. I'm not gonna name the year, but it's at the it's at Augusta. So he's gonna he'll win, win at this Augusta. one and at St Andrews, or what? No, no, no. He's not he's not winning this one. He's, he's just gonna getting be a nice second, second place. place. Oh, yeah. I actually I made a exact kind of speed 
Brooks. <laughs> Bad already. Three hundred to one. One two. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. It really uh, suck. <laughs> it really suck if it's Brooks with its feet. Eh? Well, yeah, watch, it, watch it be a playoff with Speed and Brooks. And, <laughs> oh, you would just be on the edge. My wife would not have any idea what I'm cheering for when I'm trying to explain <laughs> that to her. Uh, okay, are you guys both on your fades? Can, I, can we move on this, from this? I got to talk about my fate. Right, yeah. I think we uh, both are ag- agreeing on Brooks. <laughs> Mine isn't exciting. I'm going Colin Morikawa. I'm just fading the inexperience here. Going with the number one, uh, number four player in the world. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I think you need to have a little bit of experience. And we know this with Morikawa, one of the best kind of TD Green players in the world. He's lost putting. He's lost strokes in putting in five of his last six events. Um, doesn't give me a lot of confidence. So it's just a fade, but he's still young. He's got another he's guy many years. Yeah, yeah, and um, I think I think it's being reflected in the odds. Like I, I see him falling down, kind of out of the yeah. top ten in terms of odds. Which you know, we I'm trying to think of where we saw him at uh, at majors. I want to say at Augusta at least he was he was decent. Maybe not so much for the U.S. Open. I don't know if people thought that that suited his game or not. But um, right, it, it seems like people are thinking that he's not. Whether it's it's the form or whether it's the fit, uh, people are thinking that it's not going to be his week. So Another guy just win. we haven't talked about much at all. Yeah, he probably um, would win. But I, I'm certainly not high on. It. I don't know if you guys are, but but Bryson, I think for a number of reasons this week, I'm I'm gonna be avoiding. Another yeah, guy kinda... who, whose odds have fallen, like he's outside yeah. the top ten uh, in places I'm seeing him. I picked Morikawa because I thought Bryson was a low hanging fruit here for a fade. Yeah, but yeah, me too. I, That's I, why not, I didn't touch him. I'm not gonna discount Bryson though, because it's he can still. Push it out there as far as anybody, and he can still putt as well as anybody. Yeah, I'm seeing like Louis Oosthuizen with same odds as as Bryson, which that's a little bit silly. Like I feel on. like it's a little disrespecting of Louis. To Louis, I see why that is silly. <laughs> and I rise up. <laughs> Come on, Louis. Okay, are we at bold predictions yet? Because I'm no I'm t- uh, top Canadian. For it. Rapid oh, okay. fire, top Canadian. I'll go first. Mackenzie Corey Connors. He's the best ball striker of the bunch, so I'm going Corey Connors. Yeah, I'm I'm seconding Kevin on Mackenzie Hughes. Tough tough course. We'll see. Grinder. Grinder. Artist. Interest Artist. Is, interestingly, uh, Discord is asking who my wife's pick was to win, and she's going with Mackenzie Hughes. Oh wow! She, she said, "I feel odds. so I feel so bad." Yeah, I guess I should put in a, a bet for her. Um, she says, "I feel so bad that he was, you know." at the U.S. Open and playing well, and I didn't pick him, that I have to pick him here out of, you know, respect. I'm seeing didn't him 350 you, to 1, so it's a bold, that's a bold prediction. against us recently, too? Was Sorry? that match play? Yeah, yeah she, she picked Tommy Fleetwood. Getting holes in ones and stuff. <laughs> yeah, Bowl. she... But let me tell you, a bet on Mackenzie Hughes right now would pay off more than your Exactactica with uh, Brooks <laughs> yeah, and Speed. Yeah. So. <laughs> no kidding. I was going to pick one. Uh, bold prediction time. Let's do it. Who wants to start? Who I feels want to start. really good? Okay, Kevin. I feel so good Chomping, about it. And I've talked about these guys. I just can't wait to tell you how excited I am for this one. Three South Africans in the top ten. 
I'm, I mean, I picked two. One is my winner. One is my sleep or my one and done, I should say. And one is my sleeper. I just need one more to sneak in there. I'm thinking it's going to be a Bizade note, but I don't really know yet. Um, so yeah, I take it to the bank. So we got he, Louis. We have uh, Ernie Higo, Els. We have Bez. We Man, have Els Grace. Els, uh, veteran. No Schwartzel. EVR. No, there's no Schwartzel. I don't know if you were counting on him. Didn't yeah, know that. that. That's okay. Is that the Barbasol? I, yeah. I'm assuming he didn't qualify. I'm assuming he didn't choose to play the Barbasol over this. So what, sorry, we've got Usti, we've got Grace, we've got Bez, we've got Higo, we've got Van Royen, Dean Burmeester, Justin Harding, Sean Norris, Daniel Van Tonder, Els. I think Els is actually a very sneaky. Yeah. Uh, JC Ritchie and Jacko Allers. I'm not banking too much on Allers. <laughs> but so, any of the rest... But you'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Kevin, if I made a straight up... A wager to you here um what if i i made a proposition to you that there would be more australians in the top 10 than south africans would you, would you take that you know i love cam smith and i love leishman <laughs> it's hard for me to take and you're one. talking about adam scott i love those southern hemisphere guys <laughs> and jason day and lucas herbert has some form I'd have... did we even talk about leash we haven't even talked about. I, I mentioned him, but we haven't. I, talked I'll, about I'll him. throw it out there. We still got more podcasts. You can let that let kind of think sink. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, maybe I'll jump into mine here. Yeah, let's hear it. So I am going. You know, first off, I just want to give myself a pat on the back for my last bold prediction that uh, that paid off. Louis Ustase, and what did I say? Top three was it? That was a good one. That, that was, was a good, a good one. one. At the um, US Open, yeah. So I am going. Ian Poulter has. Uh, a very mixed uh, Open Championship record. Uh, we have him with four of the last five have been missed cuts, but he has uh, a second and a third. So I'm going, I'm not going to, I'm not as confident as I was in Louis. Uh, so I'm going Ian Poulter with a top five finish uh, and clinches his Ryder Cup spot with the, with the top five finish. I can see it. There's a path to that. Or he goes down in, in <laughs> glorious flames, one of the two. And then he's a captain's pick anyway. <laughs> yeah. And he's plus eight and misses a kind of. Yeah. Could be either. Okay. Mine well, it's bold. is it's bold. It is bold. I, I respect it. And you know what? You hit a great one with Louis at the US Open. So I was I mean, kind of hoping you were gonna do the same one again after my <laughs> one and done <laughs> I'm a little rattled. My bold prediction is the Americans sweep the podium, get first, second, and third at the Open Championship. You know what you really need to do is you need to put in the bet with Spieth, Brooks, Fowler. That is when you'll get the odds. I was looking for other bets, but that one doesn't exist. I don't know if I need to put it, write a letter or what. But Okay, so I got this stat from the Caddy Network. Uh over the past 10 Open Championships, there have been 113 players that have finished in the top 10. 113. Only 43 were American. So 38% of the top 10s have been American. So it's not, you know, there's a lot of Americans in, you know, the top 10 in the world, top 20 in the world, and so on and so forth. But the Open has been a harder one to, ch- to you know, kind of tackle. So I, I think it's 
out there enough to say Americans go one, two, three in the Open Championship this year. Yeah, yeah I so think it's a bold prediction. I think it's a bold prediction. I think, you know, if if there's a tie for three and, you know, American yeah. and, and, you know, some sort of international, uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to know whether we, give, <laughs> whether we give that to you. Yeah, I mean, that's we'll, we'll figure that out after a bit. But... <laughs> okay, okay, there uh, you have it. That's our bold predictions. I got I got some groups I just kind of put together, guys. I, I got, you know, three to four names I want to throw out the group. And you pick who's going to have the best open. Who's going to finish highest? Not DFS, not anything like that. Just who you highest like finish. the best out of the group to ha- have the highest. So, so, so just real quick, highest finish or most likely to win? Because those are two a little bit different. Highest finish. Okay. Highest finish. So the first one I'll throw out is Stenson, Henrik Stenson, Phil Mickelson, Stuart Sink, Padraig Harrington. Stuart Sink. You know, if you're not on like one and a half speed at this point. <laughs> I, I will go with uh, Paddy, Padraig Harrington. I, he wants, to keep, he wants to keep an eye on his... champions, or, am I right? Open championship, yeah. open champions, a little bit holder, yeah. Uh, I'm going Stuart Sink as well. I like that one. He's, he's playing well. Here's, here's another one. Adam Scott, Cam Smith, Mark Leishman, Jason Day. Give me Cam Smith. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. It's just who I want to cheer for. I mean, Cam Smith is, is one of my sleeper picks here. I, uh, I, I like, so he's one where if we were going chances to win, it would definitely be Cam Smith. Higher in the leaderboard, I'm a little less secure, but I'll, I'll still go with Cam Smith. I'm going Jason Day. I got a feel. I got a. I got so some he was almost my sleeper today. I like it. I there's a lot going well with Jason Day. There's a lot of good news out of his camp. I got some butterflies about Jason Day. I think if 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 he's feeling good, his game's at a good spot right now. So do you <laughs> like think Jason Day is the artist or is he the technician? I would like, think of him as more of a technician. He's one of the people that like turned being a technician into an art. It seems like. <laughs> You know, because like he did things that usually are more artistic, like putting and short game, and did them in such a technically proficient way. To yeah. me, he's the he's the best out of greenside bunkers. Like he's the best. Like he is exceptional out of greenside bunkers. I, maybe that's just well, my own world I'm living yeah, in. Yeah, I I think he he is, but uh, yeah, I think you gotta be careful about getting in those greenside bunkers. Here, Here. <laughs> that is true. I'm not cheering for him to <laughs> aim at those. Okay, I got I got another one here. Uh, Christian Bezeda note, Bobby Mack, Guido Miliazzi, or Garrick Higo. I'm calling this kind of, kind of the young, young stud, the young European tour t- stud. Higo, yeah, I'm gonna, Guido, I'm gonna have to Bobby go with Mack, the South African yes. here, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go with, you know, I, I'm going with Higo as my sleeper to win. I'm going to go with Bezeda note. Yeah. That's okay. Right. You you say Bez. I I was I'm on the fence between Bez and, and Bobby Mack, so I'll go with Bobby Mack. Yeah, I think I think I'll go with Bobby Mack as well. I I, I have a hard it's time my boy. not taking. I like him too. And you know, honestly, like say between Bez and Bobby Mack, probably Bez. I would I, I, maybe I like a little bit more for the finish, but Bobby Mack, he's bringing the fireworks. If you're talking someone who's gonna got a chance to get up into the top five, I feel like Bobby Mack's that that guy. I'd love yep. to see him have a good tournament. Done it before. Yeah. Um, okay, my last group here. Morikawa, 
Hovland, Zalatoris, Scheffler. We got these young studs playing Victor in their Hovland. first one. Victor Hovland. And almost a no-brainer for me. It, you know, you did actually convince me a lot of things about Scheffler. Uh, he had a good week last week, didn't he? I'm going Scotty Scheffler. I'm going Scotty Scheffler. I, I, I'm not. This feels like bizarro week for me, by the way. Brooks, Scheffler, like these are guys I'm not usually on. I don't know what's going on. Give me Scotty Scheffler out of that group. I don't know. Yeah, give, give me Hovland. Hovland. Hovland, like- I, you know, if you want to hear me talk more about Hovland, it's on the, the DFS preview show. We've barely gotten into Hovland. Usually I, I get about 20 minutes in on him. <laughs> <laughs> you had your Rory time, though, already. Yeah. Um, do we need yeah, some Rory time here? I, I think we're good. That's interesting. Yeah, those are groups I feel like we're kind of equal, but you know, a lot of people might have strong feelings. One, well, way well, or can another. we can we quit just real rapid fire top guys that we haven't really talked about? JT, like him, I like him. You know, I just couldn't pull the trigger. I have him in my pocket for the one and done. Hoping he kind of would love to see him perform well here. Looking to use him maybe in a World Golf Championship, in the playoffs, mm-hmm. something like that. I think he's kind of coming back into form. Yeah. Uh, Kevin mentioned the Apex stat in passing, but that's just a stat. I think there's there's guys that know how to flight the ball, choke down. Uh, I think JT's one of those. He he showed at the players. He has got a, a yeah, he's got all the stingers. Shots. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. got all the shots. So um, I, I don't know. I like JT. The one thing, uh, I think, I forget, I was talking to one of you guys on the phone, and we were talking about JT, and I, I said that, like, he's one of these guys that, I don't think he has a great open championship record, and he's he's going to go over there one year, and it's not going to make any sense, and he's going to win the thing. Kind of like yeah. what happened at the players this year, where, like, yeah. there's no form, there's no anything, but it's, he's so good when everything he's clicks for him. He's a very good golfer. Yeah, that yeah. it's just going to be like, oh, yeah, like, obviously JT won it this year, you know. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know whether that's this year or not. Uh, Rory, we haven't, you know, I spoke about him a bit in terms of where he was in 2011. But uh, how do you guys feel about him this week? <sighs> not high on him. I wish I was. Love, would love to see him do well, but I'm not high on him. I'm medium high on him. I, I think his open record of late has been pretty good. Um Really good. Miscut mis- mis- yeah. 2019, but then he was before that he is T2, T4, T5 in a win. Um, he seems to me, he seems like the open golfer. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I love Rory at the open. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm probably more bullish on him than, than you guys are, uh, but that's basically always yeah. the case. Yeah. <laughs> no surprise there. Uh, Patrick Reed, we haven't brought him up yet. Adam has him as a, a pick on our DFS side. Uh, you, at use golf facts was tweeting about Patrick Reed's draw. Not happy about that. Mm. Um, but that's the side, whoever that person is. All I can say is it'd be a shame. Hope not. <laughs> uh, and then last <laughs> one here. Well, we touched on Bryson briefly. Um, Last one I want to get here because I think he is sneaky. Uh, Patrick Cantley. Yeah. He is sneaky, man. He's he so sneaky. balanced. His game's so solid. You just kind of never know what Patrick Cantley's going to show up. I know he's so hard to bet and like, play in DFS. It, you'll like you, you fade him or avoid him, and then he he'll just torch. Every, yeah, and he, you're like, oh, of course, Patrick Cantley yeah. is doing well. So, don't know. 
Another one that I think I'm quite bullish on. Like, I I think, you know, we're talking about these guys that I I probably have a little bit lower down on. Canley is one of the ones to me that I might bump up into the top five in terms of, uh, you know, how much I like them this week. And so we'll see. He's played, you know, he, he was playing very good, a little bit of a dip there, maybe, what, two months ago or so. And then he's playing really good again. So, so there's one guy that, as long as I've been able to bet, I've been betting in open championships, and he hasn't won one yet. What do you guys think about Sergio Garcia this week? I feel like he still has to get a career open championship, don't you think? No, he's only forty-one. No. He's got. You've heard, you've <laughs> heard my on. you've heard my theory. He he sold everything. Uh, to get his <laughs> master's win, and since then he has fallen off the planet in he, terms of he, major results. He finally you know made a cut. He finally That's made true, a cut the years open. He got a top twenty. Maybe he served his time in purgatory. <laughs> I'll give yeah. you this: at Royal St. George's, the last two champions made no sense whatsoever. They came out of nowhere. It, Maybe Sergio fits yeah. the bill. He has okay, twenty-three opens played. Ten of them were top tens, five top fives, two seconds. Like it feels like that was going to be the one he got before he got the Masters, right? Oh yeah, I, I thought for sure it, the Open would be his. I just didn't think because he he has such a tough relationship with American crowds. It seems like that I, I thought it was going to be an Open where he would actually have a a, a much more supportive crowd. Who knows? Who he's knows? got he's got more opportunities. Still I mean, he one. ended up having the support no. of the Augusta crowd, but yeah, that's true. But that uh, might okay. have just been because they they disliked Rose more than <laughs> yeah, him. I get who he was going against. Yeah, it was more anti-Rose. Okay, uh, we got another PGA opposite field event. We got the Barbasol. Uh, we have one and done picks. I think the the purse is kind of cut in half this week ish. Um, yeah, it's like a it's a tiny purse, three point five or something. Uh, am I going first? Yeah, 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 I guess for sure. Well, we'll make this we'll make this quick. We don't need to get into why why we like them and everything. I made this in about two minutes. I'm going with Nick Taylor, the Canadian. He Ooh. was 15th year in 2019. He is 21st year in 2018. He's playing good enough, and it's a field where he should top 10. Yeah, I am going with uh, one Seamus Power. Um, wow, the riding best, the train. The best golfer in the world right now, some would say. <laughs> wow. Five straight top 20s, three of them top 10s. We'll see. All right, well, you know, uh, it is a small purse, but between Louis' win, <laughs> it's got to be worth around $2 million. Um, And the, the man I'm about to mention, who's obviously going to win, I can't believe you guys missed it, Bo Hostler. Come on, Bo Hostler. <laughs> Get it done. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Put me over I, the I, top. I thought someone was going to take Charles. Yeah, I was looking at him, but I was I, also looking at be, Taylor Pendrith. I to be know. honest, I thought he was in the open and I was banking <laughs> on him for a top 10. <laughs> It's going to hurt. You don't get the top 10 from the Barbasol, you know, right? for your ball prediction. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, I never said that. <laughs> Just South Africans across the world. There's three of them in the top 10 this, yeah. this week. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. That is our 2021 Open Championship preview picks and bowl predictions. Rate and review wherever you're watching it. 
Um, subscribe on YouTube, download the podcast version. If you're not listening to a podcast, go over, download the podcast. Uh, then you don't have to look at us. Then you don't have to look at us and you can just listen while you're driving. It's peaceful. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Grandstand Golf. Thanks so much. Enjoy the championship. Put on the coffee if you're in North America. Enjoy it if you're in the Europe. Uh, good luck and we'll see you again shortly. Yep. Good luck, guys. Take care, everybody. <laughs>